Hey, hey, this is Megan, and you're listening to the Salesy Podcast. This is a podcast for a modern business owner where you will learn how to build your business while staying true to yourself at the same time. As a sales expert of the last eight years and an online business owner, I am here to teach you tangible sales techniques rooted in psychology and human behavior. Get your earbuds on and your salesy notebook out and let's get started today. this every single time, but I am so excited to be back and talking about something new. This is actually a question I got from one of my friends the other day. She is currently launching a program and she wanted to fill her spots and she was like, hey, what's some advice you have? And I'm sitting here giving her advice and I was like, oh, this is like the perfect opportunity to like write a whole podcast about it. So today we are talking about what I would do if I had spots to fill my last couple of spots, and we're going to talk about why this happened. So before we get into the nitty gritty of what I would do, why would I do it, explaining the sales psychology behind it, let's preface this, some of the common problems that happen inside the sales process and inside of launching, if you're launching something, if you're a female entrepreneur and you like to launch. So the first thing I want to start with, and it is probably one of the most important things, is your pre-launch. And so that is really getting lead gen and engagement locked down. Now, when I say that, I can hear the collective eye roll. And what I can't tell you is how to build a business without lead gen and engagement, because you always have to have leads. You always have to have people coming into your business and converting them. What I can tell you is that you can find control in the chaos when it comes to lead gen and engagement, when you are very detailed with what you're doing. And so what that means is that As you are tracking the specific people that you're talking about, which if you're not tracking, guys, go ahead and start tracking. That is the most important part because what we can track, we can grow. And where we can make decisions out of data is more beneficial to us than making them out of feelings because we all know that feelings are not facts. So the more data that we can collect on our ideal client and our lead gen and engagement process, the more beneficial we are. Here is where most people go wrong is that they start stacking leads when they're launching their program versus prior. So an example of this is that if you opened up cart today, today is August 4th, and this would be the day that you would also start putting people on your lead tracker. Now, if you had done your due diligence and you started tracking the right people, you would know on average, it is anywhere between 60 and 90 days to convert somebody. This is just our numbers we use on the back end. And the average person needs to have 12 contact points with you specifically. That doesn't include them doing it. And so if you knew that 60 to 90 days is the average time and they average need 12 contact points, well, guess what? 90 days is 12 weeks out from where you're at. And so instead of launching and doing lead generation, this is your opportunity to be proactive as a business owner and start really thinking about like, okay, if the average lead takes 90 days, then, you know, 90 days from now is November 4th. So we would be moving into Black Friday season. And so that allows you to say, okay, I'm going to start collecting leads. I'm going to start engaging with them once a week so that when I open cart on November 4th, Actually, it would be uh, November, October. Don't quote me on that. 
But <laughs> when I open cart, these people are going to be ready. They're going to be warm. They're going to be available. And that really helps you be able to gear your content specifically to the conversations that you're having with these people because pre-launch is so key. There is a reason why my launches go the way they do. And that is because we heavily focus on pre-launch and we use our numbers to benefit us, not hurt us. Now, do I try to make the lead time go down? No, I don't really control that. I don't really control how long it takes someone an average lead time or how many contact points. I just lean into that because having that information is empowering and that's why everybody should start tracking their leads. On the other side of that is the lack of sales comes from a lack of communication of transformation. Now, a lot of people think that people just want information. They need to know more. They need to know how to do things. And while that is true, and that is something that we have seen with Wikipedia, because if you think about it, anytime you can't find an answer, you're like, oh, I'm going to Google it. And where does Google send you? It sends you to Wikipedia because Wikipedia is the largest form of information. Now, here's the thing to consider, though, with information is that, you know what Wikipedia doesn't ask for? Advertisements. You know what Wikipedia doesn't do? Make sales. Oh, my mic had like a hiccup. You know what Wikipedia doesn't do? Ask for advertisements. You know what Wikipedia doesn't do? Ask for sales. And so while we think information is power, it really isn't. It's really coming down to the transformation that you are providing your ideal client and how that specifically works for them and their business. And if you're in life coaching or other places, it could be Oh, hold on. We're having technical difficulties. Sometimes my mic skips and it's because of lack of service. Okay. We're going to keep rolling with this. Some of this is going to be a little repeat because it's having issues. And this is why we do edit some of that. Back to the Wikipedia example, though. The lack of information is not why most people buy. And when it comes down to you selling, a lot of times we think they need more inside the offer. They need to know more information. And in reality, there is this whole group of people who are tuning in and listening. And they're like, does this work for me? And if it works for me, is it going to work in the way that I want to in the timeline and the expectations I set. And so when selling, a lot of times we are selling the product, the service, the VIP days, the ClickUp builds, the coaching, the websites, the copywriting, but we're not selling how this works for somebody. Because if you think about it, every transaction that you have has tied into how does this work for you? Something small like a pen Oh, you like how pens write specifically something big like AirPods with noise canceling so that you don't have to hear your dad and brother. As much as I love my siblings, don't want to hear them. And so thinking about the transformation also ties into what you are selling. So earlier this year, I knew sales calls were important. I have a script that we always link in the show notes about it. What happened though, is that I sold people what they needed and not what they wanted. There is a certain amount of want that has to be tied into your sales process. And if you are not selling the want, they're not going to realize the need. And so an example of this in the online space is that we sell the need of continual support without selling the want of having somebody there to support you. So what this is going to look like as an example is talking about Voxer and how great Voxer is or how great Slack channel is and not explaining that 
that need of having constant support allows you to keep momentum, to keep growing, to scale and those types of things. The want is to not be alone inside of your business anymore, to not be the person who's making every single decision in everything that you do to have a sounding board and to be able to say like, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think about it? Or I have this opportunity. What do you think about it? Because that is where most people, again, they don't want information. They don't want to be told what to do. We became entrepreneurs because we don't want to wear pants. Um, I'm not currently wearing pants. I am wearing a dress and we don't want to be told what to do. However, to have somebody in our pocket to know the direction that we're heading and maybe has done it before is very enticing. That is what we want. And the need is to have that support so that you can make the directions that you need to and move in the places that you want to. So really focusing on like, what does my ideal client want? Why do they specifically want that thing? And what are things that they have tried that hasn't worked out for them? 99% of people who come to me say, I have tried to sell on my own and it's just not working. And what they want is to make sales easy. They want to make it fun. They want to sign clients, but what they need is sales strategy. So what do I sell them? I sell them effortless sales when actually you need strategy. This last piece kind of ties into you and your brand and your messaging. Messaging is something that is very big in the online space right now. It has always been very big because your message is your basically how you package yourself, how you kind of package everything up, tie a nice little neat bow on it and call it good. And with your messaging specifically, it is going to come down to how you can help someone and what that looks like. And for a lot of us, we really tie into the messaging of the online space and things around that. And it's not actually that. What it comes down to and what a lot of people don't realize is similar beliefs. So we have a limbic system inside of our brains. And our limbic system has the capacity for feelings. Not language. Never has the capacity for language. Now our neocortex has the capacity for language and it makes that. But our limbic system drives 99% of our decisions. And so where most people get stuck is that they're like, okay, I want to grow an online business. I want to continue to grow, but I don't know the things that I need to say to people to get them to buy into my message. So obviously my messaging is wrong. And so then we take this like information track of like, I need to give them more information. They just need more information, the how-tos, the three steps, the freebies, the masterclasses, and those types of things. And we've talked about it. They don't want information. They want to know how this is going to work for them. And so thinking about, you know, what is the feeling that I want my ideal client to feel and how can I invoke that feeling, which is never shame, guilt, or those types of things. We don't want people to be emotionally charged in a negative way to buy. We don't want them to feel like they can't do it without us because the secret is, is that you can do it without anyone. It's just, it may take longer. You may have to fall a couple more times and get back up. And so really thinking about it, thinking about those feelings, and then thinking about your values and how you're living your values. Because people align with authentic people who align with their values. And it always comes back to who you are as a person and how you align with that character, with that person. And so for me, something I've noticed is that like my ideal client values hard work the same way I do. And there's a lot of time lapses of me doing a lot of work because there's a lot of work that happens. So thinking about those three things, if I was in the position that I was trying to fill my last spots, which has happened before, we've come down to like 
the last 48 hours and it goes crazy or, you know, nothing's moving in a launch and then some somehow you end up having 8, 10, 20 calls in a week and you're like, okay, this is about to be a big week. The first thing I would do is I would look at my analytics. And a lot of people, when you're in the middle of a launch slump, you're like, the last thing I want to do is look at numbers. The last thing I want to do is stare at how many people have looked at that page and not clicked. Because the thing is, is that those numbers are facts. And while our feelings are sitting in a different direction and our feelings have this own place, there is a fact about the analytics. And so looking at it, and then if you have data from past launches, looking at what are some of the things that you have posted that has gotten better engagement, the things that you have talked about, and those types of things, because that allows you to take a very clear, objective view without our feelings, because our feelings are not facts. I'm going to say this probably 50 times in this episode. Feelings are not facts. We make decisions out of data and really looking at it. And sometimes there is a lot of interest around it. People are clicking the links. People are watching your stories. They are tuning in. They are ready to go. But that action is missing. That idea that this is possible for me, that I should fill out the application, that now is the time to grow, that if I don't do this, I don't know when I'm going to do it. So that internal urgency. And when I think of internal urgency, I literally think about like, if you have to go to the bathroom, you are going to go to the bathroom. You are going to find the nearest bathroom. You are going to pull over and pee on the side of the road if you have to. Like, it is urgent. It is going to happen. Now, if you're just like, eh, we can drive a little bit longer, you're not going to take action. You're not going to pull over. Thinking about that with their desires, is it going to be urgent enough? Now, this ties in with something called the frustration index which is something that we teach inside of Scale to 5K. But just to give you guys kind of a rundown of what the frustration index is, it mimics the pain index. And so if you think about you go to the hospital, they ask you, like, what pain are you in? Put it on a scale of 1 to 10. If you're a 1, they're going to be like, I'm going to send you home. They're like, no, this isn't like, okay, you're in pain, but it's not hindering you. Until it gets to that point where it's that 7, that 8, that 9, that 10, that all you can think about, what keeps you up at night, Am I going to be able to do this? Is this something that's fixable? That's when people take action. That's when your ideal client takes action. And that's where the need versus the want comes in. Because again, if it is something that they need to do, they are probably not going to do it. If it is something that they want to do, they are probably going to do it. I want chicken nuggets. Am I going to get off this podcast and probably go buy a bag of chicken nuggies that are gluten-free from Sprouts? I could put money on it that there will be a bag of nuggets in my hands by the end of the day. I can put money on that. I need to eat, but it's different than wanting the nuggets. So with that specifically, sitting down, looking at our analytics, if you have past data, that is always a good place to go because that can also help you. I know I have been inside of launches where I'm like, I just need a freaking Hail Mary. Like I need something that's going to get people off the fence. And a lot of times that comes down to objection handling. Now, it doesn't have to be personally like objection handling. Like there is a post that I wrote in the uh, Flourish and Thrive launch, which I don't talk a lot about it because it was an incredibly successful launch, but I personally hated the program, which we will talk about that later on in another podcast episode. But there was a Hail Mary where it was basically talking about 
you're going to do the same things that you're doing and expecting different results. So now is the time to change. And that post brought so many people forward because it was a straight call in to the attention that they're the attention to the actions that they were taking and how the actions you are taking are not leading into the results that you want. Because remember, our thoughts create feelings that we take actions upon. I'm going to say that again. Our thoughts create our feelings that we take action upon. The feeling that people were having was like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this anymore. It is possible to get out of this hole. Now, in the first, the first scale to 5K launch when it was a course, this was May of 2020. Yeah, this was right around my 25th birthday. I did objection handling in a very different way. So traditionally, I had been talking about it, and I literally made a slide that was like, choose your own objection, because the reason why most people hold back is the same reason why they need to go forward. And what's holding them back when they're having that conversation of, is this going to work, and is this going to work for me, is now the time to do it. You have to bring attention to it. Now, you don't want to push somebody into a position that they don't want to be. You don't want to be like, you know, you make more money, those types of situations. You really want to tell them like, hey, if you're waiting to be ready, you're never going to be ready in life. I've never been ready for anything. I remember when COVID came around, I got asked to guest speak in a conference and I was like, woo, let's go. And then I got on that Zoom call and I was like, there's a lot of people on this Zoom call. There are a lot of people tuning in. There are a lot of people listening to me. Was I ready? No. Had I practiced my slide deck? No, but I was like, here we go again. The other thing to consider with this too, with specifically building an online business is that you have had the same fear. You have had the same conversations with yourself and how you have navigated it either with the help of a coach or without a coach is something that someone's going to look at and they're going to be like, hey, this is really aspirational. If Megan can do it, I can do it too. I tell people all the time, if I can build an online business, you can also build an online business. And so really tying into this fact of like, you know, there's a difference with fear and a lot of people thinking like fear is going to stop you. Fear is just an acknowledgement that things are different. You are in control and you can make that change whenever you feel like making that change because it comes down to internal urgency. Our customers have been closed cart, last spot, those types of things to death. It's just one of those conversations of like, when you change things, when you hit that 10 out of 10 on the frustration scale of things that I don't want to do anymore, patterns I have or situations I no longer see myself in, tables I no longer sit at, that is when they change. Now, the second piece of this is really encouraging the people who need to move to move. And so a lot of times inside a launch, we don't want to do private invites. We don't want to follow up. There are just so many things that it's like, there's an effortless ease of flow of signing clients, but there's all this groundwork that happens before. And when you skip the groundwork, a lot of people get frustrated and they're like, why isn't it working? And it's like, we don't build a house from the roof down. We build it from the concrete up. You pour a foundation and that's how you go. And so thinking about that too, pitching people and following up is one of the most missed things inside a business that could make or break selling your spots because some people need to be followed up with and you can follow up very casually saying, hey, checking in, let me know where you're at the buying process. You can also follow up and say, hey, I have talked to you about wanting to sign more clients. This program teaches you how to sign more clients. 
where's the place to send the invoice? Because then people can start moving in that direction. And we can talk about closing in a different episode. But with that specifically, it's you want to move them in that direction. The other thing is, is like pitch people who are interested. If you're waiting for people to ask, you are going to be waiting forever. You have to ask. You have to pitch. There is no secret to getting around it, not doing it, don't want to talk about it. I hate sales because sales are sleazy. You have to pitch. And so starting to pitch people and starting to have a pre-qualification process, which we teach you inside of Scale the 5K, is so key. It is so, so key because it stops this idea of waiting people to come to you and those types of things. And it really puts you in the driver's seat of your business, which allows you to have control in your growth. And when you have control in the growth of your business, you can grow faster, which means you can be confident in what's happening in your business. Now, the third part of it is just general content. Switch up your content. If you're talking a lot and promoting a lot, you could do a mini training. You could do behind the scenes. You could have people come in and post testimonials. You could have people who joined the program and are super excited to join the program and do videos on why they should join the program. You could take a piece of paper out and talk about how they need to make X amount of dollars for their first payment. And then if they sign, you know, for scale to 5k, it's a, like, it's a $4,000 investment right now. So if you sign four people at a thousand dollars, you've made your investment back. If you did a paid in full, if you sign five people at a thousand dollars, you just take your 5k month and really breaking it down. I mean, the average person to hit a 5k month needs anywhere between five and 12 people. The average sized following on Instagram is about 200 people. So you are better off than you realize it. But really breaking it down and conceptualizing it allows them to, one, start creating ownership with it of being like, oh, I really like that portal or, oh, I really like that concept. I need to know more. And two, some people want to know the details. There are detail-based buyers. My dad happens to be one of them, and it honestly drives me absolutely crazy because he wants to read like everything. And like, I am just not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of buying from details. I very much buy from transformation or like, how is this going to benefit me? The last two pieces I'm going to leave you with is one, talk about your story. It is so important to continue to talk about our stories. And it is one of those ideas that like, if I can do it, you can do it too. I'm coming up on Saturday. It will be two years since I took the last $200 out of my bank account. And to be honest, in that moment, I had no freaking clue what I was doing. I had no clue. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew something had to change. And it is that moment and it is clear. It is specific. I remember sitting downstairs with my desk in the corner. I eventually flipped my desk so I could see more professional sitting there and being like, I can either go one way. I can go back to corporate, I can use my degree, or I can take a chance. I can take a bet on myself, even though I was in a season where I wasn't betting myself. Like, my grandfather had died earlier that year, my relationship wasn't working out, I was in grad school, but I was having a hard time juggling it, and it was one of those moments where I was like, I can take a chance on me, and really invest in me, and that's the most important part. And now, It doesn't mean take the last $200 out of your bank account. I get so many messages of like, I got $200, what should I do? And I'm like, guys, it's not the $200 that moves you to action. It's the idea that you can pick you. And then once you did, 
you pick you over and over again. Once I picked me, once I said, you know, I've had enough, this $200 is the end of it. I started picking myself and I started growing and developing and, you know, scale to 5k alone has done over a hundred thousand dollars in two years. The program itself, uh, not including when it was a one-on-one program. I mean, I've 10 X my salary of in mere $36,000, like crazy things happen. But speaking to that story also allows people to remember that, like, I'm not that much different than you. I really am not. I like to drink caffeine. I have friends. I'm 26 years old. Uh, You know, the life part of things can seem very confusing and hard, but it was just that moment. And some people are sitting in that moment of being like, what if I take a chance on myself? What if I do something I've never done before? Because you have to do different things to get different results. You have to do something you've never done before to get different results. The second thing is, is talking to your beliefs. So like we talked about lack of sales. Beliefs are huge. Our belief systems make up our world, which make up our thoughts, which make up our feelings, which make up our results. And having a belief system that is similar to somebody else is why we have, you know, whole religions and even just like entrepreneur societies, because at the core of what we do, we are what we believe. And talking about, I know when I got into the online space, a lot of people were talking about 10K months. And in January of 2020, I came out and I said, I believe every woman should make $100,000 minimum a year. There were a lot of people who were like, that's what you can believe, but it doesn't mean that's what I'm going to believe. And I was like, that's fine. You don't have to be for me. Everybody doesn't have to be for you. But the people who aligned and believed that were huge. It was, you know, it led into some really big things last year, like 100K in 90 days and those types of things. And so really thinking about like, what do I believe and what do I need to talk to can get people, you know, get that little limbic brain excited, lit up so that you can start signing more clients. Because when it comes to launching, it's not over until you say it. it's over. It really isn't. And a lot of people hit a mid-launch slump and they give up because they're not seeing the results that they want in the time that they want because they haven't done the legwork. And so stop thinking about business as one launch is going to make or break you or you know, one month isn't going to be the best and that's going to be the end and start thinking about like, these are seasons. Your business goes through seasons. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. And if you are in the business of sprinting, business is not going to be for you. It is not going to be for you, but there is a lot of control that you can have when you start taking ownership of your actions and you start planning the work and working the plan. So As always, I will talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Bye. If you have loved today's podcast episode, go ahead and take a moment to rate and review on whatever you choose as your platform to listen. Rating and reviews help us not only be able to serve you deeper, but to bring more people in to learn more about sales. If you ever want to check out the behind the scenes, go down to the show notes. My Instagram is always linked and I will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Salesy.